Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Radical. Fundamental principles of freedom. Rational self-interest. And individual rights. This is The Yaron Brook Show. All right, everybody, welcome to Yaron Brook Show on this Monday, December 5th. First day of uh, a new era of uh, daily news updates from uh, the Yaron Brook Show. We'll see how quickly I regret this. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it is, uh, it's going to be intense to do this every day, but we are working on it. All right, um, just to let you know, tomorrow's show will be at... Uh, 11 a.m. East Coast time, 11 a.m. East Coast time, uh, and I'll try to let you know a day in advance when these shows are going to be happening. Oh, we got Jonathan. Jonathan, thanks for uh, thanks for being, uh, being here early, stepping in with the Super Chat, and uh, he says I'm the warm-up acts. I guess Jonathan is going live in a little while. So uh, don't don't miss uh, don't miss Jonathan Honing show on uh, ARC UK. So uh, I think with so many shows, I'm going to be bumping into other people's shows more often now than I have in the past. So we'll see we'll see how all that works out. Um, all right, so we're going to be doing these shows today. I'm really going to try to stick to to like thirty thirty five minutes because I I have something I have to run to. Uh, we're going to try to keep these shows short. That's the whole point of these, uh, and um, and yeah, we'll 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 hammer these out and and uh, and uh, see how it goes. Yeah, it, Rob says it reminds him of when Leonard Pico was doing his daily show. Yeah, Leonard was doing two hours a day, and I've considered that. And uh, if I could clear my schedule out and then not have an evening show at all and just have a two-hour show during the day. If these shows get the same kind of viewership as the evening shows, I'll consider that. So let's see how all this evolves. It, it, let's see if it evolves. Uh, it evolves in a in a healthy way. Somebody says you'll miss the Morocco Spain game tomorrow. That's right, I will. Um, I'll miss the beginning of it. I'll, I'll I think I'll be back in. T- no, I'll miss I'll miss most of it. I'll miss the the heart of it. So so be it. I, I can't. Add to all my other coordinating efforts the World Cup. That's way too much. I apologize to many of you who are watching uh, Japan and Croatia play right now, and I know they've gone into overtime, and uh, they might go to penalty kicks, and here you are torn between um, uh, 
Uh, anyway, between that and uh, and um, and and the show, so uh, we'll just have to bear through it in the next few weeks while the World Cup happens. Uh, I will make sure that I'm watching like the semis and the finals. We'll have to work around that because I do want to watch those games. So we'll see what happens. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, we're going to jump into the three stories I've listed. And again, we're going to do everything pretty quickly. Um, I'll just remind you that we do still do Super Chat on these. Um, our goal on the morning shows is $250. So um, uh, please consider asking a question or just showing support like Jonathan did uh, without a question. Uh, and, um, uh, of course, questions with higher dollar amounts get priority and also get us to the goal faster and I get to bug you less about the whole thing. All right, let's jump in. Um, a couple of new stories just before we get to the, the, the new stories I listed. Um, so uh, tomorrow is the, uh, the runoff in Georgia between Warnock and Herschel Walker. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look good for Walker is, is, uh, is what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, it does look like the Democrats are going to pick up the Senate seat. It will mean a, a rare occurrence where uh, in a midterm election, uh, the party in power actually gains seats, at least in the Senate. Um, and uh, I think it makes a, it makes a difference, not right now because the Republicans hold the House, but it could make a difference in the future. Uh, you know, this seat that's going to be held now for six years and uh, 51-49 for the Democrats means that Mnuchin and Cinema have less influence and less power within the, within the, the Democrats. So uh, uh, anyway, for what it's worth, we'll see tomorrow. Tomorrow's the election. Tomorrow night, I guess we'll see if, um, uh, if, uh, if that prediction holds up. But it does suggest strongly that the quality of the candidate matters. I mean, Georgia, I don't care what anybody says, Georgia is a Republican state, and uh, you could see that by, by the extent to which uh, Kemp won the governorship. I mean, he, 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 he crushed Stacey Adams in spite of Stacey Adams being a super popular Democratic candidate because all else equal, Georgia is a Republican state, but all else is not equal. Republicans nominated a, a really awful candidate in Herschel Walker uh, together with a bad candidate in, in Arizona and a bad candidate in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, and, and they lost all those seats, and I think that'll continue, that'll continue here. Um, uh, so quality of candidate matters. The quality of the human being matters over the long run, even, even in politics, I think. All right. Yeah, I, I might regret having said that, but anyway. All right, one other quick one. I saw this this morning. The Supreme Court today uh, is hearing the case of a uh, Christian graphic design artist. I think they're, they're actually in session right now. They're actually hearing um, uh, verbal arguments right now as we speak. Uh, they're hearing the case of a, a Christian graphic artist who objects to designing wedding websites for gay couples. Um, so this is a dispute about religious liberty. Uh, this is this is the kind of it, it, this is the kind of case that I think is very very tricky because we have anti discrimination laws in our books and we've accepted anti discrimination laws in our books coming out of the civil 
rights uh, movement of the 1960s. Why would we make an exception for discrimination on the basis of religion? Now, you could argue that the discrimination laws are, um, are anti against the Constitution. The, the, they're certainly wrong. I agree that they're wrong. They're morally wrong. They're, they're politically wrong. Uh, they're anti the Constitution, as I understand it. But it doesn't matter at this point. At this point, there is another interpretation. And if you cannot, if the law does not allow you to discriminate based on race, should it allow you to discriminate based on religious affiliation? And if it does allow you to discriminate on the basis of religious affiliation, but not on race, where is the borderline? When, when is something ideas and when is something religion? Uh, if I am an objectivist and I want to discriminate against people basic, based on something, does that count? The ideas count. Is this generalizable to ideas more broadly? If I want to hang a sign out saying, uh, or, or let's say if a Republican wants to hang a sign out saying no Democrats allowed or something like that, is that acceptable if they believe in no discrimination? What, what are the limits of discrimination? So all of that uh, is interesting in, in because of a mixed legal system, because of the mixed economy, if you will. Um, I mean, my ideal, of course, our ideal, my ideal, is a uh, no laws against discrimination. Let people discriminate freely. Uh, but if you have laws against discrimination, on what basis do you apply them sometimes and not apply them other times? On what basis do you apply them at all? So I think a really interesting case, if you remember the, the cake case um, uh, years ago, the, the wedding cake case, uh, that, see, it seemed like that was ruled in for, quote, religious liberty. That is, they allowed the wedding cake maker to discriminate against, I think it was the gay couple. Um, but it's not clear because that case ultimately was ruled on a kind of technicality. It wasn't a decisive rule one way or another. So is this going to be a decisive rule uh, one way or the other? And, and uh, how is the court going to rule if it is? Uh, and, um, you know, uh, is, is the court, this is, I think, the interesting question, is the court willing to make religion different than everything else? So you can discriminate based on religion, but not on ideas, not on color skin, not on any other parameter. And uh, that would be interesting that if religion gets a special place which it should not have. Religion should be dealt as, as every other idea is, uh, is held. And, uh, you know, so there's a, so far I think most of the questions have been from the left. Um, um, Brown Jackson asked about a photography store in a shopping mall refusing to take pictures of black people in Santa's lap. So they're making the, the relationship with, with uh, race. Uh, but again, it's not clear, uh, you know, how that plays into the anti-discrimination laws and how they are. Uh, there's also an issue of inter interracial marriage and so on. So we'll see. I mean, this is going to be interesting to see how the court rules on it. Again, I think the simplest thing is just to get rid of all anti-discrimination laws and, and, and let the market, if you will, work. All right, let's hit up some of these issues um, that... Um, uh, on the list. They're going to be, uh, I'll just say now, we're going to have a bunch of 
a discussion on any economic issues in the days and weeks to come. I, I didn't involve any today, although Russia and all of a sudden is an economic issue, uh, primarily because we're going to hit a lot of them, and uh, the news is yet to come later this week, and, and next week we've got the Fed decision about raising interest rates. So we'll get to all of that. Um, there's news from the real estate market. There's a lot of stuff going on economically, and I expect economics to be a big issue as um, as we move further into the year and into next year because because uh, just economics is going to be uh, uh, at the top of mind, I think. All right, uh, so earlier, uh, when was it, a week ago or so, we did a story about um, uh, Elon Musk being uh, really ticked off at Apple uh, about accusing of Apple of threatening to uh, withdraw uh, the Twitter app from the App Store, about uh, saying that Apple has... Uh, withdrawn all its advertising from Twitter, uh, and then uh, Musk using that opportunity to go to attack Apple about the uh, 30% uh, take that Apple, uh, the 30% fee that Apple charges on any transactions that happen on the app that would, uh, would affect, um, that would affect any, any kind of, like the, the blue checkmark that sold, 30% of that $8 fee to get the checkmark would go to um, would go to uh, to Apple, and uh, and Elon Musk was complaining about that and calling it a tax and and so on. And he was generally not in a good mood when it came to talking to Apple. Well, after that all blew up uh, in the in the papers, about two days later or three days later, uh, Elon Musk, I guess, got an invitation from Tim Cook and uh, had a meeting with Tim Cook at the Apple headquarters. In um, in uh, I guess is it still in Cupertino? I'm not uh, I'm not sure where it is, but it's 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 in uh, Silicon Valley, so in the San Jose area. Uh, so uh, 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 Tim Cook and and uh, Elon Musk had a meeting. It would have been fun to have gotten a transcript of that meeting, or to be a, a, to have a little bug in there and be, and be able to tell you exactly what was said. Uh, my guess is that you know they they. Tim Cook told Elon Musk to stop it, <laughs> stop being a little baby. Um, maybe, maybe that's what happened. I mean, Tim Cook is clearly the adult in that room. But, um, you know, the, um, the, the consequence of that is that uh, that day, um, Elon Musk came out and said, uh, no, no, I, I made a mistake. He didn't say I made a mistake, but he implied I made a mistake, Apple. Apple has just clarified that they never really threatened to take the app to take the app off of uh, off of the the App Store, and um, and uh, we, we we talked about our moderating standards or whatever. And then today, I guess this morning or was it yesterday, uh, December fifth, seven fifteen a.m. So it's this morning. Um, Musk said uh, that Apple has fully resumed advertising on Twitter. Indeed, right now. Uh, Apple is uh, is uh, the uh, the biggest advertiser on Twitter. Uh, Musk said that when he met Tim, quote, we resolved the misunderstanding about Twitter potentially being removed from the App Store. Tim was clear that Apple never considered doing so, and then um, and then now Apple is the largest advertiser on Twitter. It turns out that others are also coming back and advertising on Twitter. Uh, Amazon is planning to start advertising on Twitter again. So uh, Musk has obviously reassured people about uh, whatever fears that they have about, uh, that they had about moderating policy. And, uh, 
Uh, and uh, I, I, I think they're all straight. I doubt Musk said Tim Cook straight, but anyway. Um, and of course, Musk has stopped complaining about the 30% fee that Apple takes. Uh, and uh, and uh, there's a, I guess for now, there is a, um, you know, there is a, a, a ceasefire at the very least between Apple and Twitter. We'll see. <clears throat> we'll see where that goes. Um, Twitter is actively, and you could argue somewhat desperately, trying to win back their advertisers. Uh, it, 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 it's a real challenge, I think, and, and really important for Twitter. Twitter, I don't think, could survive for many months unless it gets these advertisers back. Uh, in spite of uh, Elon Musk's interest in gaining, getting, getting on a subscription basis, he needs time in order to build that out. And, um, uh, you know, given the amount of debt that he has, given interest payments on that debt, given how much money Twitter is losing every single day, he has to get the advertisers back. And that's why I think uh, that the, the, in the power struggle between Elon Musk and Apple, clearly Apple has the upper hand. Uh, Elon Musk needs Tim Cook much more than Tim Cook needs Elon Musk. Uh, it's not even close. Um, I think the fact that uh, Musk removed uh, Kanye um, uh, over the weekend from Twitter probably helps with advertisers. Uh, I, I think he is showing that while there is no objective standard out there for uh, determining who stays and who's not, his subjective standard is in the long run maybe not going to be dramatically different than uh, a, a lot of the it's not gonna. It's not gonna allow for the kind of worst case scenario that I think a lot of advertisers are worried about. So, um, I hope Twitter survives. I hope Elon Musk is a huge success, and um, and as a consequence, uh, I hope that uh, the advertisers do return to Twitter, uh, and uh, the Twitter figures out the right balance between wanting to allow as much speech as possible in a platform and having some standards. Uh, having some standards that uh, that you know w- w- would justify advertisers advertising on the platform because you're taking a risk as an advertiser because you 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 want to be careful not to be associated with certain types of uh, of speech. Um, all right, so uh, so that's Apple. Let me just say something. Uh, you know, Apple. You know, I'm a big fan of Apple, but let me say something. Negative about Apple. I don't think this is particularly new, but it's it is important to say and to and to uh, clearly articulate my my disgust at it at Apple's action. I mean, one of the challenges and one of the uh, things that happens pretty much for any company that uh, has significant um, engagement in China is that the Chinese government requires them to abide by by certain requirements. Uh, you know, uh, I think Google, before Google was kicked out of China, uh, ha- provided the Chinese government with all kinds of information that it shouldn't. Other companies over the years have done things uh, when China has asked that they should have not, you know, uh, most of which has to do with uh, uh, with transferring IP, but, but, but a lot of other things, uh, a lot of things that have helped China become the kind of police state, surveillance state that it has become. Uh, a lot of that was is not being possible without technology from the United States, uh, from U.S. companies, and technologies from um, actually from Israel. Israel has, has sold China a lot of its 
surveillance technology. Um, so it, it wasn't surprising, but it still was shocking and disappointing when there was a story, I think it was last week, that uh, in the latest update of Apple's system software for the iPhone and I guess the iPad, uh, in China, they had made the ability for phones to communicate with one another through, uh, I think it's drop something, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's the ability to phones to communicate one-on-one without going through the, uh, the network. I could just put my iPhone next to your iPhone and they, you know, you can transfer files and do stuff like that. Well, protesters all over the world, AirDrop, thank you, Scott, uh, thank you, Robin. So AirDrop, so AirDrop, um, uh, it was a way in which protesters could communicate with one another without having to use the cell, ne- cell network, cell network, which could be controlled by the relevant country, Iran, China, or wherever the protest happened to be. And certainly China can control that pretty easily. So, um, uh, you know, Apple's had that ability to do. What happened is in the latest update for the iPhone and iPad, uh, the latest update is iOS, that feature, the feature of AirDrop working without cellular connection, was dis, was turned off, made impossible in China. So we can still use it. All of us can still use AirDrop, but it's being turned off in China, which is super depressing, super disappointing. Um, obviously, this is a request the Chinese government made. This is not a request, a demand that the Chinese government it made, it's unbelievably disappointing that um, Apple has succumbed to that. Uh, on, on the good news side of this, Apple is actually uh, is actively diversifying their, uh, uh, their supply chain away from China, moving, uh, moving significant, uh, significant uh, assembly of iPhone uh, to other places. That's going to take probably five years to really get into place. Uh, a lot of that will move to Vietnam and to uh, and to India. So uh, very, very disappointed in Apple. Um, it's a company that should know better. Uh, of course, every American company has done this uh, in China, but still, every time you hear about it, it just it just God shakes your confidence. And also, I feel for the Chinese people who now are taking much more risk than they would otherwise have to. All right, quickly, uh, because we are. Every, every time I think this is going to be quick, it's, it's longer than I thought. Okay, Russian oil. Uh, the EU, the United States, and uh, a number of other of, of America's allies have agreed uh, that they will not sanction the purchase of Russian oil at over $60 a barrel. Now, it's not that the U.S. and, and, uh, and, and this is to reduce revenues for the Russians, that is, uh, Russian is obviously getting huge amounts of revenue from the sale of oil. They're using that revenue partially to prop up the economy and partially to fund the war in Ukraine. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think uh, what the West wants is to completely see that supply of oil go to With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zero. 
uh, but it doesn't want Russia to quite benefit as much as it has been. So what they've done is they've compromised, as usual, right? And they basically said, okay, we're going to limit it to $60. Now, it is not the case that this is going to allow the United States, Europe, and other, other of our allies to buy Russian oil at $60 because they have all, all, all the governments, including the European Union, I think starting this month, uh, are prohibiting the purchase of Russian oil at any price. But what it does is if India wants to buy Russian oil, then it can still buy it. Indeed, it can pay any price it wants. However, if India wants to buy insurance on that oil, if India wants to use an international, uh, international ships to transport that oil, if it wants to buy insurance on the ship to transport the oil, if it wants any kind of, uh, any kind of other uh, third-party arrangement that involves a company from the U.S. or a company from Europe, which oil trading requires, it's not just a cash deal between two parties. There's all kinds of infrastructure required. Um, the U.S. U.S. companies and and uh, and uh, European companies will be banned from doing that, and thus it will make it much much more quote expensive for the for the Indians and others who are buying Russian oil to buy it at over sixty dollars a barrel. So they are likely to go to the Russians and negotiate down to sixty dollars a barrel, and therefore be able to buy the insurance and be able to facilitate the transaction through Western banks and do all of that that is available to them today. So um, that is what has happened. Uh, my guess is $60 a barrel is probably a price that it, countries like India think they can get out of Russia. And I think that was part of the compromise. That's part of the thing. Um, you know, they could have just banned all uh, purchases of uh, Russian oil and penalized all countries that purchased it. They obviously didn't want to do that because they didn't want to, they didn't want India to, to go the other way, uh, and, and, and maybe even China. Who knows who else is buying? We know India is buying Russian oil. Not clear who else is. There's even some argument that Russian oil is being uh, taken off of some boats, put on other boats, and then sold to the U.S. as if it's not Russian oil. Who knows what's actually happened out there in the high seas, but certainly we know the Indians are buying it. Uh, so they came up with $60 after a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, wrangling, uh, this will probably reduce the amount of revenue Russia gets, although there's also a, a thriving black market all over the place, and, and I'm not sure anybody's keeping track of everything. Uh, but that is, this is where, um, you know, this is where we are. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, this winter with the natural gas situation in Europe. So far, we haven't heard any disasters in Europe. I, I did a show about that. Jeff, thank you for the support. By the way, we're still like $188 short of our goal uh, for their morning. Don't make the first, uh, don't make the first uh, uh, regular, the first of the regular batch of uh, your, uh, of uh, news roundup shows be the one that doesn't reach a goal. That 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 will not be good motivation. So hopefully somebody's out there who is willing to step in and uh, and cover the difference. Okay, finally. Um, and then I'll do some super chat, and so that's the opportunity to support the show through the super chat. Uh, quickly, it, it looks like China is um, loosening up its zero COVID uh, restrictions. We will see. We will see 
Um, whether that is real, I, I think I think the Chinese right now are primarily motivated by fear, the fear that if they loosen it up too fast and then they get a um, epidemic uh, in in a major city in China and people start dying or people start flooding the hospitals, even if there are not a lot of deaths, but just flooding the hospitals, then uh, I th- so I, th- I think the local authorities, while the f- the national government white might want to you know, start loosening this up and start seeing what happens and, and freeing up the economy and allowing allowing a, a lot more freedom when it comes to these COVID restrictions. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the local governments that will have to deal with any flooding of the hospitals, how uh, how they are going to, uh, how they're going to deal with, um, uh, you know, with all of this um, and uh, how they're going to deal with, outbreaks and whether they will be tempted to go zero COVID because that's kind of, quote, I mean, that's what everybody has done uh, when they panicked. Oh, they're willing to let it play out. And then the other big question is going to be, I think when, because I, I, I don't think this is if, is when is China going to announce a deal uh, for, for importing large quantities of mRNA vaccines or announced that they've developed an mRNA vaccine themselves. It, 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 at some point, the only solution to reduce hospitalization and reduce deaths is vaccination. And uh, the Chinese vaccines are significantly inferior to the mRNA vaccines, so China is going to have to, at some point, um, go the route of mRNA vaccines. I, I don't see how they avoid that. So we'll keep watching. They keep watching. I don't think they're scared of them. They wanted the IP, and um, they wanted the IP associated with them, and the and Moderna and Pfizer said no. They are trying to develop them themselves, um, but uh, it, but they didn't get the IP from the Western companies. Maybe they'll have to sign a deal without the IP. That is, maybe they'll just have to buy. We'll see what happens. It's an ongoing story. It's an important story. It's a big part of the motivation of Apple diversifying away from China. It's a big motivation, I think, for a lot of supply chains to diversify out. The challenge, of course, is that it's easier said than done. Uh, you have to build facilities overseas in places like um, uh, like Vietnam and India. You have to find engineers. You have to find people to build these things. You have to then make sure that the ports can handle the loads. Um, India is further away than China to the United States, at least. So India would probably supply Europe uh, through the Suez Canal, but uh, and Vietnam supply the U.S. But but this takes time. This, this is not something. And by the way, the, the diversification out of India, out of China into Vietnam, for example, has been going on for ten years at least, uh, because cost of labor in China has actually gone up as productivity has gone up and as standard of living has gone up. All right. Um, as I said, we'll have, uh, we'll have a lot more on the economy in the days, weeks to come. Uh, let's jump to now some of the Super Chat questions. Um, the, the, and again, let me remind you, we're now only $170 short, uh, so still quite a bit short. So, uh, oh, Fen Hopper just jumped in with it a little bit, so we, we, we're actually a little bit better than that, but still, uh, we're, quite a bit, we're quite a bit off, so... Uh, Particularly if you can do afford to do a fifty to hundred dollars, so I don't have to stay here for a long time. Please jump in with one of those. All right, the first question by John is a difficult question. So, um, 
it's it's a challenge. What what is an FX swap, and why is it important, or is it important? Okay, so an FX swap is when you let's say you have two two uh, two companies. Let's say one company has um, has debt. Let's say an American company has debt in Europe to European bondholders in euros. And let's say a European company has debt in America in dollars to its, uh, its borrowers. And let's say, let's say all their revenue is in their local currency and they, 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 don't, want to, uh, they don't want to have to pay out. So, so the American company doesn't want to have to pay out debt in euros and the European company doesn't want to have to pay out debt um, in, in dollars. They want to keep it in the currency in which they generate revenue. They can swap. What they can do is they can swap the the currency at which and and, and the, the, so they would have a contract that says, um, "I'll pay in a sense, I'll, I'll pay, up, I will take on the responsibility of paying your debt." In in uh, in the local currencies, the, the the European company would stop paying the for the American company in euros, and the American company would stop paying for the European companies in 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 dollars. The American company for the European company in dollars, so that each would match, for example, um, their uh, own currency in which they get revenue with uh, with the uh, the payments that are being made, and they would both be in the same currency. And that way, they would reduce their foreign exchange risk. So um, they would enter into a contract that swapped these under certain conditions over a certain amount of time uh, with certain provisions. Now, usually that is done with a bank uh, in the middle, right? Now, why is this, why is this important? Um, typically, it's not. But the uh, Bank of International something uh, just released a report in which it said that um, uh, that you know this is the uh, the bank that kind of oversees all the central banks and in which it said that there is this um, potential uh, there's a potential uh, what do you call it a potential blind spot that the regulators have not noticed and that is that there is uh, that there is 80 trillion dollars of these swaps Outstanding, and given the pretty volatile um, the volatility in exchange rates over the last year, that some of these agreements might be in trouble. That is, some people might regret having done the swap because they one currency has gone in a direction that's opposite the other currency, and they, it, it 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 might be a situation where uh, there's some real issues. Uh, uh, you know, these deals are happening at something like $5 trillion a day, at least they did in April, when people wanted to get out of certain currencies and into others. But again, some of those currencies, like the dollar, went up a lot over the summer and then has gone down quite a bit over the last month or so. Now it, it has the potential of going up again, depending on what the Fed does. So that volatility potentially creates some um, some issues in the banking system, because any one of these swaps is actually managed by a bank, and that bank might have made commitments to two parties for the swap, and that bank might be obliged to fulfill its commitment on, a one, on both sides, and yet one of these parties might not be fulfilling its obligations to it, and you can see that there would, be, there would create a mismatch that would 
place the bank in a difficult situation or problematic situation. And, um, and, and that's what the Bank of International, Bank of International BIS, uh, Bank of International Settlements is warning about that this might be a problem, that this typically swaps don't appear on people's balance sheet. It's an off-balance sheet thing, so it's harder to monitor. It's harder to know what's going on. It's harder to know how well they're doing, whether it was a good decision or a bad decision, ex post. Um, so it's just warning about this, uh, whether this could turn into some kind of significant crisis. Potentially, if you got some big, massive con- uh, moves in currencies, uh, we've seen a lot of moves, but if we saw even bigger moves, we might see some problems there in the banking system. What BIS is basically saying, telling the regulators, keep an eye out on those banks. They're not putting them on their balance sheet, but all these transactions are happening. So it's somewhere, somebody's taking on some risk, which is not necessarily being reflected. Oh God, I asked for more Super Chat questions, so they're flowing in. All right. Uh, Big Worm asks, just paying for the content I consume as far as this case the laws forcing evidence of what I have a problem with. To me, the government is infringing on the First Amendment right by forcing this service. Uh, which service was this? Which service was this? Yeah, I'm not sure which service you were talking about, um, Big Worm. But, but yes, I mean, uh, the government is, uh, shouldn't be forcing anybody to do anything. But that's why they, if this is the discrimination case, they shouldn't be discrimination anti-discrimination laws because the government shouldn't be yeah the government shouldn't be intervening but but it shouldn't be on religious grounds i should just be able to say no i don't like you and i don't want to serve you i should be able to discriminate on any basis that i want but for the government to say we accept discrimination on religious grounds but not on any other ground i think is very very dangerous okay i am Elkart says how about declare the u.s navy will not protect any ships sailing in and out of russia um, probably in and out of Russia, they don't need U.S. Navy protection. I, I, I don't know how much, you know, depends where Russia is exporting to, but for the most part, I think a lot of those uh, shipping lanes are pretty free of pirates, and I'm not sure how involved the U.S. is these days in protecting them. Um, but there's a lot we could be doing if we had a proper foreign policy with regard to Russia. There's a lot we could be doing. But, of course, we're not. We still have an embassy there. We still pretend like the legit country. Uh, Fred Harper says, why do you think, uh, who do you think will be your next guest? When do you think it will be, have you reached out to Scott McDonald to be a guest? I don't know. I just got back from three months of traveling, basically. Let me get settled in this week, and I'll create a schedule and start inviting people. But no, I've not invited anybody yet, uh, and I don't know who my next guest will be. Partially depends on their schedule. Partially depends on my schedule. So working on it. Um, Big Worm says, I'm, I'm saying the government forcing someone to go against their religion is the issue. Constitution is the highest law. Yes, but why uh, forcing somebody to go against their religion is not okay, but is is not okay. But forcing somebody to go against their other ideas is okay. I'm saying religion shouldn't have special status, and I don't think one should read the Constitution as providing religion with special status. I think the the Supreme Court should say um, it's an issue of ideas, not an issue of religion. Okay, uh, Adam says, what are the 
features of Twitter that lead you to use Twitter rather than Facebook, etc. I hate Facebook. I despise Facebook. I don't understand how it works. It's, it's, it gives me a gazillion options. It's, it has five different messaging applications. It's, it's become a monstrosity. It has video, but it's not clear. What the, it, anyway, it's a monstrosity from my perspective. I don't even go to video, Facebook because I can't understand it. I have a private page. I have a business page. They're linked, but they're not. But they each have, It's just too complicated. The beauty of Twitter is it's super simple. It's super simple. Uh, you know, you, 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 you can post what you want to post. There's certain restrictions on how to post it, but it takes very little effort. It's very, very quick. Um, simplicity. Simplicity is what it is. And I think that it actually is a forum that facilitates debate and discussion more than Facebook does. But again, I don't use Facebook because I find it too complex. Uh, and too difficult. And then, and then Facebook is just being, I, I mean, I've tried to advertise on Facebook. They won't let me advertise because they think I'm a bot. Uh, they think I'm a, a, like a Russian bot in Puerto Rico. And I keep proving to them that I actually live in Puerto Rico. And they, then they give me permission to advertise. And then they restrict me from advertising because they don't believe I'm in Puerto Rico. And I prove to them I'm in Puerto Rico. And then they, so it's, it's just, it, it, it's part of this kind of bureaucratic, but I don't, I can't figure out how it works. I can't figure out where I am. I, I truly, um, I truly cannot stand Facebook now. It used to be great, but it's become too complex. When I open up my Facebook page, there's so much going on there. I, I don't know where to start. It's the opposite of Twitter. Twitter is, ex- is simple, straightforward. You know exactly what's going on. Uh, Shazbot, uh, Frank wants you to talk about the Iranian man who was killed because he was cheering for the U.S. team. I would talk about it, but I haven't read the story. I, I, I can't talk about stuff that I haven't read the story about, so I don't know anything about it. Does it shock me that somebody was killed in Iran because they were cheered for the U.S. team? No. I know a lot of Iranians were cheering for the U.S. team uh, because they viewed uh, the Iranian team as representing the government, and, and even though the Iranian team... Uh, protested against the government. They still viewed the Iranian team as representing the government. They were used that way before the World Cup, and people wanted the Americans to beat them because they want that as a as a undermining of of the Iranian regime. Um, it, 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 that which is a good sign that that they're open to that because they used to be very anti-American in Iran, even the people. All right, this is a, uh, let's see. You and a friend of mine are really selling me on chat GPT. I might even boot my computer after a long time to use the AI. While I'm at it, I'll become a member of the, your YouTube channel. Cool. Thanks, uh, Fred Hopper. And yes, I, I mean, I saw something today where uh, somebody asked uh, uh, chat GPT to uh, tell the story of the three pigs from an, an objectivist perspective, from an Ayn Rand perspective. And I'll read it to you on one of the shows, on one of the future shows. It's actually quite good. And, and it gets Ayn Rand in, in a way that I don't think most people get Ayn Rand. It's, it's weird. I mean, it, truly. I mean, ChatGPT, everything I've seen about it relating to Ayn Rand is better than what I see for most people relating to Ayn Rand. All right, Michael says, did you hear Andrew Clavin's recent rant about Ayn Rand copying Bastiat in a view of capitalism? It would be a disaster. I think he would have you on his show. And no, I, I know Andrew Clevin. I don't think he would have me on my show. And, and uh, you know, Clevin is just a, 
I mean, he hates Ayn Rand. He despises Ayn Rand. Um, and and uh, I, I, I don't believe you would have me on, on the show. I, I can try. And if you want to encourage him to have me on my show, go for it. Maybe he will. John says, I always value your perspective, you're on. Appreciate the daily videos. Any thoughts on Turkey's future in NATO relating to the ongoing excursion in northern Syria and newfound Islamification? The, new, the, the Islamification is not newfound. The Islamification has been going on um, since Erdogan achieved power, which is almost 20 years, and it's slow but systemic and systematic and, uh, and, and ongoing, and he's received support in spite of that. I don't see them leaving NATO. I don't see, I don't see NATO having the balls to kick them out. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, we will see. I don't think anybody cares about the ongoing excursion to northern Syria. Indeed, uh, Donald Trump gave him a thumbs up for it. So I don't think that matters to NATO. Um, NATO's worried about Russia. If, if Turkey overly sides with Russia, let's say Turkey supplied drones to Russia, that might be a basis but for now, I think Turkey's part of NATO, and I just don't see NATO having the guts even to get rid of um, get rid of uh, of uh, Turkey inside NATO. I don't think they have the balls to do it. All right, thank you, John. Thanks, everybody. We didn't quite make our number unless somebody wants to step in and do seventy five dollars just for fun because I don't have time to answer questions. I am going to run forty three minutes. Uh, still about five, six, seven, eight minutes too long, so I'll, I'll work on it. Uh, Croatia won a pennant geeks. Ah, I was hoping Japan would win. That is too bad. Japan deserved to win after their victories. Um, uh, after their victories. All right, so Croatia goes up. Asia is not going to be represented, it looks like, in this World Cup, in, in the uh, quarterfinals. All right, it, it's mainly a European quarterfinals, dominated by Europe. All right, everybody, have a great day. I hope, let me know what you think about me talking this fast because I'm talking much faster on this show than I do in the other shows, if it's okay. I will see you all tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Talk to you then. Bye.